Blog Talk Radio. Better. Better. Let's go work! Yeah! Yeah! 
Snickers satisfies. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You listen to the show. You're laughing along with Rodney. You listen to the great guests, but you're not sharing it. You need to share this show with somebody special. Find somebody in your life that you love and show them how good you enjoy the show. It's Rodney Perry Live. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it. Yeah. Hey, y'all. It's your boy, Rodney Perry. We are back in full effect. Um, uh-oh. Let's do this. We are ready. Uh, we are live right now. That's right. So you got to be ready for everything. The studio is in full effect. I got my guests on the line. We about to take it to another level. But I, I definitely want to share this with y'all. Uh, you heard the ad about sharing the show. But that, that's what it's all about. We got to – this is the Internet. So you guys are as much a part of the show as I do. If you're enjoying Roddy Perry, you're enjoying the guests, um, just do me a favor, man. Um, just share it with somebody. You know, there's two ways to listen to the show. You can listen on, on, on via the phone. Your phone, your cell phone, you can dial a number, 718-305-6383, and listen that way. Or you can go to blogtalkradio.com uh, uh, forward slash Rodney Perry Live. Okay, that's another way to listen. Or you can go to my website, just click on the Blog Talk button. Either way, you can listen to the show. So if you're listening now, tell a friend. You can listen to Joe, and then you don't have to stop there. You can listen to all of the past shows. Every show that I've ever done, uh, Kevin Hart came on the show, and uh, this fool, you know, this fool, me and him, we, we had a couple of, uh, uh, we, we exchanged a couple of jabs when a caller called in. Check it out. And uh, you and Rodney are both, you know, it's like I look up to both of you cats. I'm, I still consider myself young in the game. I don't know shit. Well, here's the first thing I want you to do. What's that? Don't ever put Rodney's name in a conversation with me. <laughs> let's, let's, let's immediately understand that. Okay. You right, just set right, me back. Cool. You just set me back two years. I got two years. I just lost two years just now because oh you just put God. me and Rodney in the same conversation. Hey, hey Darrell, thank you for the call. We're going to get some more calls. <laughs> I just want to show you guys love. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Hey, hey, you know what? This is what I love about Kevin Hart, especially for my listeners out there. A lot of guys come to this town and turn gay. <laughs> Kevin Hart was gay when he got here. Let's take out. Let's go to the line. <laughs> Hey, this show is all about fun, all about great energy. But now it's time to bring on my first author for the day, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan of this brother, a uh, world-renowned comedian, a uh, world-renowned author uh, at this point, uh, just a guy that does so many things well. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Daryl Littleton, a.k.a. D. Militant. What's up, dog? I'm still laughing at that clip, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not crazy? Uh, Kevin gets it in wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't care what nobody says. Kevin Hart's funny. Uh, and yeah. the, the interesting thing, before we get into my stuff, I just want to tell this Kevin Hart story. I ended my first book, Black Comedians on Black Comedy, with Kevin Hart. That book was written back in 2005. This is 2014. Wow. This is nine years later. And I ended it with him because I felt he had the template at the time to move comedy into that next thing, because wow. he was writing, directing, producing. As you said, it all started on the written page, and that's how Kevin was able to do all the things that he's doing now. It's no fluke that Kevin yeah. Hart is getting all the success he's getting. He was well prepared, and I saw that nine years ago, and that's why the book ended with him. He wasn't the hottest comic at that particular time, but right. I saw he, where he was going with it, and I thought that was a good formula. And what do you know? It worked. Man, so, you, you, know, you know what, man? I think just that statement alone speaks to your expertise. And, man, you, you know, um, 
I, I'm a fan. You know, we we go back. You know, we we go back like we we brothers, literally and figuratively. literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to tell that story? <laughs> uh, we'll save it. We'll save it because we got we got some business right. to take care of. Um, okay. I I love the fact that you've given us this book, man. Because and the name of the book is How to Be Funny and yes. Black Comedians on Black Comedy Career Planning. Man, this is so awesome of a book, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I had a chance to go to Hope Flood's um, uh, conference this year. I had a chance to tour this summer with my show on Bounce TV off the chain. And what I realized is there's so many comics out there that just don't know. They just don't. They're not privy to the information. Like we as, you know, when I tell people about L.A. or New York, it's all about information. You, we just, when you're in L.A., you just get information first. It's not that you're better. You just get right. information first. So now you're exposing people to some great information, man. I, I think that's awesome, dude. Well, I want to tell my Rodney Perry story then real quick because okay. uh, neither one of these books would exist, the, the two latest, without you. Um, really? When I went on Monique in 2010, this is right before uh, the documentary Why We Laugh hit on a Showtime that uh, Townsend directed based on the first book, Black mm-hmm. Comedians on Black Comedy. And we were talking, just, it wasn't planned, we were just talking on uh, camera about the younger generation of comedians. You, me, Monique, mm-hmm. and Townsend were all chopping it up. And you pointed out to me that it's really our fault, the younger generation hasn't excelled the way they should because when we were coming up, we had mentors. We had Ronaldo Reyes and Robin Harris's and Rodney Winfield's and people Mm -hmm. and Robert Townsend's and people who would talk to you and tell you, hey, you need to do this and here's a business tip and here's a comedy performance tip. Um, We kind of hoarded that information like, y'all going to get yours too. We got to get ours. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think part of the reason was those guys came where the field was pretty thin. So there really wasn't as many of them as us, and then we came through, and somebody, like, kicked down a gate, and we all came running through, and some people got ahead of the race more than others, but those who kept running eventually got theirs. And so I think that's why our attitude was, well, if we got to, can get ours in that sperm race, if we can become a human in the sperm race, you can too. And it wow. was selfish of us. <laughs> And yeah. I think once some of us reached a certain level of success, then we can look back and say, oh, okay, well, man, let me go ahead and, you know, do something for somebody else versus just I got to get mine. Right, right. And, 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 and hopefully make some money in the process. How to be funny, the essential comedy handbook. Man, another reason this is important, there hasn't been, like, I think uh, Judy Carter, is that her name? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's an name. Judy Carter did a book, and I have that book in my collection. That book is probably date. That book I know is dated. It's, I yeah, know it's uh, dated. I and got one before that. Steve Allen did a book mm. called How to Be Funny. Steve Allen's How to Be Funny. Now, Steve right. Allen was the first. For those who don't know, Steve Allen was the first host of the Tonight Show. So we're yes. talking about the fifties and the sixties when this guy was really active doing that kind of thing. So. Wow. And I wrote a book with my wife called Comedians Laugh, Be a Lady, and everybody liked the book except we had one negative review, and the guy's comment and complaint was we dealt too much with Latin and black comedians. And my thing was, well, why shouldn't we when nobody else is going to? 
We all mm. know who the great white comedians are, and nothing against any of them. But it's right. like baseball. If you were doing something about baseball, are you only going to be talking about Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, and Mickey Mantle? Of course not, because baseball got integrated just like comedy got integrated. And so this book, How to Be Funny, deals with that. This is for the up-and-coming working comedian. It's not for the guy who's already riding around in the back of a limo, even though I've had some of those guys pick the book up and say, it reminded me of some things, and it encouraged me and inspired me about a lot of things, because it covers a yeah. lot. Man, you, man you, you, you cover an, an incredible amount. Um, it's crazy you would bring that, you, you had mentioned um, comedy being integrated, because I had this thought the other day. You tell me what you think about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's ever been an integration point. Like, I, you tell me, and maybe I'm wrong because I know you know the history a little better than me, but I don't, I don't know if there is a single comic, you know, like Jackie Robinson, if there is a, a, a single guy that we can note that was a first, you know, who was the first black guy that played the club? Who was the, it like, would be, I, no, there is an answer for that. It okay. is Dick Gregory. It is Dick Gregory. Uh, Dick Gregory is, is our Jackie Robinson. He is our Jackie Robinson. He broke in through the Playboy circuit, which catapulted him in on the Tonight Show. There was mm-hmm. no black comedian before him who went on the Tonight Show, sat down on the couch, and talked to the host. From there, his salary went from $250 a week to $5,000 a night. So he was, uh, he was managed, I forget the name of the uh, agency, but they only managed the Boston Pops, which was a gigantic, high-prestige orchestra, and Dick Gregory. That's how big he was. So he wow. traveled the world. The only thing that derailed Dick Gregory, if you want to view it that way, is the fact that he became an activist. He started marching with King, and right. just like we were saying previously, uh, he put his priorities in a certain perspective because he was over. So right. now you can look back and say, okay, well, now what's really important to me since I've conquered that? Right, right, right. Wow. And, and you know, it, it, that, that's awesome, man, because you, you really put that in perspective for me. And, you know, as I was thinking, I was like, who is it, Jackie Robinson of comedy? But I, I, guess, I, I completely agree. I mean, Dick Gregory is the only one that comes in, into that space, you know. And, and maybe – you know, because before Dick Gregory, who was it, Red Fox and, and uh, well, Luanda Page and that party group. Album. He, he was yeah. party record, so it wasn't a mainstream acceptance. Exactly. Dick Gregory got over in 1961. we got to remember, uh, Sanford and Son didn't hit till 72, which was Red Fox's mainstream acceptance. Right. Well, Sanford and Son more than anything else, not the party records. The people weren't going, and funny we're mentioning those party records, um, I'm doing a thing with Laugh Records right now, the whole history of Laugh Records. I'm doing the liner notes and producing it. It'll be out in nice. Christmas. You'll be able to get the collection. I mean, that's Red Fox, Wanda Page, Flappy White, Leroy and Skillet, Ronaldo Ray is on it, man, which is very cool. R- Ronaldo was hilarious back in the day. I mean, he's funny, yeah. but he was yeah. hilarious back then. Marshall wow. Warfield is on this. We've got Jimmy Thompson. Do you remember Jimmy Thompson? I don't, I don't know Jimmy Thompson. Jimmy Thompson used to be like Ronaldo. He used to be at this club called the Page Four that Ronaldo had going on Wednesday nights in the early '90s. And Jimmy, out of everybody I've just named, and I name I would name Jap, uh, Dap Sugar Willie, um, Wildman Steve, and Jimmy Lynch. Everybody on this collection is hilarious, but Jimmy Thompson's like a whole nother level. He's like the funniest dude you never heard of. Wow! 
Wow. And you, 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 know, you, know, you, know, you know who I put in that group? Pharmaceuticals derail a lot of people. I just put a lot way. of people, man. Um, uh, I posted a picture on my uh, Instagram page this week uh, about a guy named George Kirby. And, uh-huh. yep. and George, George Kirby, Kirby, I'm like, if you don't like comics, I don't think this generation knows their history, man. And well, let's do this. Let's do this, D, before we get, we okay. get you know, me and you can talk the whole hour. So uh, <laughs> let, let's let's get it. Let's really let's really cover the book. Uh, okay. First of all, uh, Mr. D. Militant, uh, his social media, he's on Facebook at Mr. D. Militant, or uh, uh, also Daryl. Littleton Seven, and he's also on Twitter at d underscore militant. Uh, man, I really, I really like the way you got this book laid out. Um, let's let's just, let's just kind of go through. Let's let's go through some highlights. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some of the the uh, titles of the of the, uh, of the chapters out, and you tell me kind of give me a give me a liner on what it what it is. Um, uh, respect the craft. That jumps out um, at me. Yeah, now respecting the craft is everybody takes comedy as a joke. It is a craft, and we try to elevate it to the point just like opera, singing, uh, theater, musicianship, anything else. That's how comedy needs to be viewed. So don't take it as I'm going to BS around all day and do Xbox and PlayStation and then go out at night and I'll tell my jokes. I'm not going to record them. Uh, You know, uh, I'm just going to throw stuff off the top of my head. I really don't have an act, and I really don't work on my ad libs. If I'm a physical comic, I'm not doing anything during the day to work out my physical stuff. It'll all come to me when I hit stage. Well, that's not respecting the craft at all, because I I raised a dancer. My daughter was a dancer. She had had to do rehearsals five, six, seven hours a day. Um, That's a discipline. We should be doing the same thing if you want to be great. If you want to be mediocre and stay in clubs, low-level clubs all your life, that's fine. This, that's fine. But right. if you want to be a pro- this book should have been called How to Be Professionally Funny. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, next next, uh, next uh, uh, title uh, on the table of contents, the name of the book is How to Be Funny. Uh, the next, next uh, why does comedy exist? I've got to hear this answer. Okay. It exists because at the dawn of time when man first started doing things, uh, boredom obviously set in. It's a human thing for us to take a tragic event and try to make light of it so we kind of make sense of it. So comedy has to, exi- has to exist really for us to stay sane because mm, there's wow. a lot of tragedy that will come in your life. If you take it all to heart, you'll either kill yourself or go crazy. So comedy is that release valve after all that pressure has been there. You've got to release it. Um, what's his name? Jason uh, Biggs, the, the, the American Pie dude, right after this Malaysian flight got shot down, he was right on Twitter doing a joke about it. Now, people said that was in poor taste. 295 people died. How dare you, this, that, and the other. But you know what? That night, comics across the country were going to be doing jokes about Malaysian Airlines getting shot right. down. And his joke was really a very tame joke. The joke basically was, uh, does anybody want to buy my Malaysian airline frequent flyer miles? Well, (laughs) which is pretty doggone funny. But he did it right off the bat. Why? Because we have social media. And Rodney uh, Winfield told me this. Uh, People say there's supposed to be time on a joke. Somebody even posted, well, he should have waited two or three weeks. Really? That ain't how comedy's done. If somebody falls on their ass, you, you, you quickly make sure they're okay, and then we start bagging on them. Because right, right. that's where the laugh is in the immediacy of the event. And the reality is, 
with comedy, somebody got to be the butt of a joke. Otherwise, mm. the joke ain't funny. Wow. Pie in the face, wow. fall, slip on a banana, your mama's so fat, whoever it is, somebody got to be the butt of a joke. Otherwise, the joke really ain't that funny. Wow. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry. We're talking to Daryl Littleton, a.k.a. D. Militant. Um, if anybody can take advantage of a moment, it's Daryl Littleton. Uh, I, I remember when you came on my radar, I'm watching Comic View. I'm sitting in my living room, and the set falls down, and you you completely lived in that moment. Like, um, as I'm looking through the book, um, do you speak to that moment, for being ready for that moment? Um, yes, I do, and I'll tell you how that moment actually happened and how I was completely ready for it, because uh, I'm not going to act like I'm the, the genius comedian of all time. I'm a genius, but not of all time. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it goes back to what I talk about in the book. Tape your shows. Scrutinize your shows. Even if you don't record them, when you're done, scrutinize what you felt went wrong and what you felt went right, especially when you're first starting because you're trying to build not only your confidence, but you're trying to build a library of experience. It ain't years in comedy. Come on, bro. You and me and old guys and girls have been doing this for as long as we have, 20-plus years, that ain't no better than they were in their first three years because their experiences, they haven't learned anything from it. I had a show that went bad, and I had taped it, and I listened to it, and I said, man, if that ever happens again, I'm going to say this. And it was just that one specific line. And so when the sign fell, the first line was an ad lib. The second line was that one that I had in my back pocket. The third line was an ad lib that I thought of while I was saying the second line. Right. And that's another thing about comedy, and you know this. While you're talking, you've got to be thinking. You're already ahead of mm -hmm. yourself. Because yes. if the audience is on pace with you or ahead of you, you're going to bomb. That's the formula for bombing. Mm, wow. Wow. Man, you, you know what? I, I, I tell comics all the time, I say, if you continue to do this, you'll reach some sort of clarity. Like, when I'm on stage and, and everything is clicking properly, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not only having a dialogue with the audience, I'm also having another dialogue in my mind. Like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm so clear... I'm so clear. I'm talking to you. I'm having that dialogue, and I'm also talking to myself like, oh, you killing them. Wait till you hit them with yeah. this. You know, I'm going through my Rolodex in my head going, okay, you hit them with that. Oh, pull this out. You ain't hit them with that in a while. Okay, uh -huh. that was a good bit. Okay, Rodney, what about this? But, so, so. Right, but that's wait till something... coming down the aisle, let me go ahead and hit them with something about her before she gets away. Yeah, it's exactly. all it's pre-production in your head while you're actually producing it for the audience. Exactly. Exactly, That's man. When you're a comic, it's joke per joke per joke. See, see, I, 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 you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm a big proponent of the differential between comedian and comic, and you know, I, I understand. I've heard Chris Rock speak on it, and, uh, and I know you just mentioned it, you know, and I, I get the, you know, the definition answer to that, but you know, I, I just, I'm just not a big fan of division of divisiveness. It, it, well. It's semantics. It's like if somebody says, well, I'm going to take you to the doctor. I don't want to go to the doctor. I've got this physician that wants to see you. Okay, right. well, maybe I ought to see them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the same guy. Got okay, it. got it's the it. same got guy. Uh, when we say comic, and I think myself and the Rock has said it, fine, uh, whoever has said that and makes that differentiation is a comic is almost looked at as a clown in the sense of the big shoes and, you know, popping the mm -hmm. suspenders, uh, the red nose and all that. Um, what, I, what I make clear in this book is 
I've mentored, going back to um, the story about you, you challenged me on Monique to do something for comics. And since then, I'll be honest with you, bro, I, I took that very seriously uh, because I respect you. And I went out, and uh, since then I have mentored and written for over 100 comedians. Wow. Wow. Uh, I just put it out there that I will write for basically anybody, and so my writing skills right now obviously are sharp as a son of a gun. So that's why I'm able to crank out books the way I am with the speed I'm able to do it. I was taking guys, I need five minutes of material. Okay, I'll have it for you in 24 hours. Bam. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, do do you have to know the person? Like, I I would think you would need to know the person. You would need to know. All of them have provided me with clips. So I'm not just writing in a vacuum. I've had people you know, say, well, just write me something funny. Well, i got to know your approach. So do you have a clip? No, nah, man, I'm just starting off. Okay, well, then let's just talk for a while then. Because yeah. I'll catch yeah. your rhythm. And exactly. then what I, I, you're I talking think... about, you'll let me know what's important to you. I know the basic questions. Hey, are you married? you got any kids? you got a baby yes. mama? What, you mm-hmm. do to, what do you do in life besides comedy? If you're just starting, you're not just doing comedy. So so let me ask you this, D, because mm-hmm. I find a lot of the a lot of the comics that come up to me with that approach, they want a shortcut. I, is there any sense of like, man, I'm giving these guys a shortcut? Um, no, because what you're doing is you're giving them a leg up. Because this is the way I look at it. When we were coming up, we had Comic View, we had Def Jam, uh, we had Apollo and Apollo Comedy Hour and Uptown Comedy Club. We had all those places, Comic Justice, all those places to be seen. You didn't have to do all the shows. If you just did two or three, you built a good resume for yourself. Yeah, you, you, could, you, could eat, you could eat off of that, yeah. Right. Uh, besides your show and Last Comic Standing, what do comics really have? And Last Comic Standing, I'm sorry, is not for beginning comics. It was invitation really only, not. number one. Yeah. They yeah. picked 100 comics out of the field that they knew were diverse enough and seasoned enough that if you do give this sucker $250,000, uh, and you can develop a show around them. Because yeah. whoever wins, they're going to get theirs. And wow. second, third, fourth, they're going to get theirs too. Because everybody on that show is getting a great look. But yeah. the newer yeah. comedians will not have that opportunity for years to come, if at all. So by me doing what I'm doing, that's just giving them a leg up. There's a lot of guys and girls out there who should be, if you want to call it, comedians. There's some of them who will just be doing the backyard parties and all that. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> you know, the, the retirements, the stuff you do when you first start off and then you graduate and you move up. They'll be doing that forever. But... Mm. The reality of what we do is a lot of us don't choose this, it chooses us. Wow, you, you have, a, you have a, a chapter in the book where you, you uh, reference comedy competitions. I, you and I both both uh, winners, being winners of the Bay Area uh, comedy competition. Um, and, and I really enjoy reading that chapter because I think you hit the nail on the head. Now, one of the things I encourage comics is to get into these competitions to meet your peers. Like, forget, I mean, if you get to the semifinals, then you start thinking about winning. But Mm -hmm. go to meet the people that's in your class. Because if you look at, you know, comedy like high school, we very seldomly, seldom meet all the people that's in our graduating class. So I think comedy competitions give you opportunity to meet those people. Um, Speak to um, uh, 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 your your take on competitions, as you note in the book. 
Uh, well, my take on competitions is go with the mentality of winning, but go with the more of the mentality of showing them what you got. Chris Tucker did not win the Bay Area. Chris Tucker did not even make the finals of the Bay Area. Wow. Uh, but none of the winners make as much money as Chris Tucker. So what he I know I don't. He, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't either. If I did, I wouldn't say it on the phone because the IRS uh, don't know nothing about it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but the reality is he showed Bob Sumner what he had. Bob Sumner felt it was an injustice that this singular talent was not making the finals, and so Chris Tucker was the first comic on Def Jam that next season. And that was the season that blew him up, and the rest, you know, I'm not going to be cliche, but hey, he got Friday and all the, everything, all the other success he got after that. So that's the thing you got to do. You want to go in a competition and show them what you got. Because uh, a lot of competitions are rigged, so there's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, always beware when the person putting on the competition has uh, uh, manages people who are in the doggone competition. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a lot of comics out there saying, we know what you mean. Exactly. You do know what right, I mean. Right, right, right. So right. don't go in there thinking, I'm going to win this. I expect to win it because I'm good enough to win it. But that's the thing. I got to show them I'm good enough to win it. And that way, if my name's not called as the number one guy, somebody gonna pluck me up because I'm still damn good. Exactly. The name of the book: How to Be Funny: The Essential Comedy Handbook by Mr. Daryl Littleton. Man, uh, we, we got to close this out, man. We got a couple more authors we want to bring on today. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I want you to speak to this before we close out. I want I want two things from you. Um, what do you want people to take away from this book? And two, uh, speak to the idea that they, that the people say that black people don't read. And you, as an author, uh, how do you feel about that? And, and is it true? Um, well, that one is true to a degree. I'll be honest with you. I do hide my money in my books. <laughs> Don't tell my wife that, but yes, I do. And I, okay. my money has not been discovered yet. Uh, <laughs> but, no, black people do read, and they have been reading. Uh, they've been consuming all of my books, thank God. And this, this last book we're going to talk about is number six. I'm going to shoot that out there real quick. I want people to take from this book, because it's not just for comedians, slash comics, whatever. It's for anybody who speaks in front of the public who needs to make people laugh. It does give you jokes there. It does give you comeback lines. It does give you bag lines in the books to get you started. Um, if you're a salesman, real estate, uh, retail, a clothing salesman, whatever, the bottom line is we all buy from people who make us feel relaxed and comfortable. And that's all comedians do. They have a dialogue that gives you and encourages you to laugh. We do it at a lot quicker pace than a salesperson, but this will help anybody that needs. And it also helps guys. Look, there's a lot of mediocre dudes listening right now, and you wonder, man, i got to spend all my money to get these girls. Make them laugh. Trust me, dude. Make them laugh. All right? Women love guys that can make them laugh even more than the buff boys because some of the buff boys got air between their ears. The dudes Uh that can make a woman laugh, there's something to talk about once you're both sitting back laying, looking at the ceiling. And, um... Then I got one more thing I just want to point out real quick. You you mentioned Black Comedians on Black Comedy, the career calendar. I took the book Black Comedians on Black Comedy, every significant date, including your birthday, Rodney, is in oh, wow. that book. 
yes, your birthday, so whoever goes to that specific date, like today is George Wallace's birthday. So if you had that book right now, you would see it's George Wallace's birthday. Oh, I got to send him a tweet. Yeah, good and stuff. Then, and, then, and then there's plenty of room for because it's like a regular day plan, daily planner. Write down your jokes. Write down your gigs. Write down what's important that day and keep it pushing. So it's like a big doggone calendar, but it's got all the things significant to black comedy. You want to know when Richard Pryor was born, when he died, Red Fox, when did Sanford and Son come on, when did Dave Chappelle's birthday. It's all in there. You, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see, and, and I know we kind of talked about this on Facebook. I would like to take an astrological look at comedy because and I, I find a lot of my peers, you know, a lot, a lot of very funny people, are Virgos, but I pay attention to Virgos because I am a Virgo. So right. I know there is a lot of Capricorns. I know, you know. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I wonder. Steve Harvey, Jim Carrey, yeah, we got exactly. So I wonder astrologically, how does the comedy landscape break down? You know what I mean? That would be very cool. Um, you know, we need to do some posts, a series of posts, because it would take a little while for it to pick up. But yeah, yeah we ought to do something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would, that would be crazy. Hey, man, wh- wh- what's the website, D? What's the web? Where can people go get your books, man? I know you. I want everybody to go Amazon. to Am- at this point go to Amazon.com because okay. I've got so many books right now. I had to destroy my web- website and concentrated just on books. It was all over the place because I do speaking yeah. engagements. So, yeah, yeah, colleges, you know, uh, museums, cultural centers, libraries, wherever somebody wants to talk about black comedy, I'm there, and female comedy as well. Love so, it. yeah, Amazon.com, you can find black comedians on black comedy. You can find how to be funny. You can find forefathers. Uh, you can find comedians, laugh, be a lady, and pimp down, and you can find all that stuff. Hey, do, do me a favor. Send us yeah. that link, and we send our blast out. We'll include that link so people can just click and go and look at all your titles, man. Great. Thank you, Rodney. Done deal. Hey, man, such an awesome interview, man. I, man, it's always great to chat. We got to bring you back on and just talk comedy, man. I mean, I, I love talking comedy with you, man. Um, Get old, uh, brother, and we got to tell the brother story. We we got to. We're going to say <laughs> Let's say the brother story. Right, right. We'll the name it. of the book is How to Be Funny, the Essential Comedy Handbook, written by my friend, Mr. Daryl Littleton. You know him as D. Militant. The man is amazing, as usual. And, uh, man, dude. Just such an awesome guy, man. Thanks for coming on, D. Hey, thanks for having me, and continued success, Rodney. My man. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. We are definitely getting it in today. I see the phone lines are lighting up. You guys are listening. Um, Pepper Chambers, what you doing on the line? I'm here, Rodney, to say hello. How are you? What's up, Pepper? You know what? <laughs> um, we, we, we ran an ad earlier for Human Meal. Man, this is one of the contributors to Human Meal, in addition to being a great author, a great uh, playwright. Um, uh, the question of the day is, is do black people read? Uh, and uh, what's, your, what's your take on that, Pepper? I think that black people do read. Yes, definitely. I'm one. I read. I'm in a book club. And I also, my book came out. Hold it on. came out Stop in January. Stop the press. Oh, yeah. You're in a book club? I am in a book club. I'm in a book club, and I I will be honest. I like to go to my book club because I'm with fantastic women in my book club, and I love my fellowship with them. But we are all black women, and we all, you know, all the the girls in the book club read. And we we do genres. We we do all kinds of things. We meet almost monthly. And, um, you know, people are having kids and stuff now, so we we aren't as regular as as we used to be. But the ladies of literature in uh, Los Angeles, and we have one in Chicago, and we read. We all read. 
so it's the pretty cool. The ladies of literature. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Pepper, t- um, give, me the, give me the title of your book so, so we can tell folks about it and, and, uh, and your social media and everything so we can steer people that, that way. Thank you. My book is called Harlem's Awakening. It's like the city Harlem in New York, and it's about a girl named Harlem. And uh, she travels to New York. She's abducted on her way there. She's uh, abducted into a brothel, and she has to dance her way out. And it's the beginning of the Brown Betty story, which you know all about, Rodney Perry. So, so it's, like, it's, a prequel, it's a prequel to what, what I know of as the Brown Betty. That's right. That's right. Wow, awesome, awesome. It's great. It's perfect. It's a, it's a 1940s style. It's a novella. It's a, it's a great, like, mystery, adventure, sultry story. And you can get it on Black Hill Press. It's an independent uh, publisher out of California. We found each other online. It's been a beautiful relationship, and the book is amazing. You can get it on their website and on Amazon, and it's Harlem's Awakening, with an S, Harlem's Awakening, and it's blackhillpress.com. And if you have questions, you can find me on Twitter at BrownBetty, B-R-O-W-N-B-E-T-T-I-E, and I will answer any questions you have. Uh, for, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Pepper is also the producer of uh, a fabulous production called, you know, uh, called the Brown Bettys. And Brown Bettys uh, takes you on this, this great ride uh, of relationship uh, between these, these two great people. And this guy named Joe... Uh, what they do is Joe is played by a lot of different guys, you know, each each time they put the production up. So I've had a chance to play Joe, you know, which, you know, you know. <laughs> Very well. This is what Joe gave me, though, Pepper, and I, I don't think I've ever yes. thanked you for this. Like, oh. Joe, like Terry Javon called me after seeing me play Joe. She's like, Rodney, you are sexy. And I was <laughs> like, what? Because Joe is just like this cool man's man type of guy, and he's a flawed yeah. character, but you, you get to see this guy kind of evolve before your eyes. And, I mean, you wrote, a, you wrote an amazing guy. Is, is, it hard, is it hard for you as a woman to write a great guy? I want to say no, but only because I listen. I'm, I'm a really good listener, and I listen to what people say and how they say it. And so that's how I approach character, and that's how, that's, that's how I approach people. So I really do my best to be honest, and, to, and the best way that I can do that is by listening as opposed to creating what I think someone is. And I, I will say I, I find, I'm just my prejudice, is I find that a lot of men write what they think how women are or what they want them to be mm. rather than just kind of like stopping and paying attention to what's really going on. What's the body language happening when someone says something? You know, they might be saying something, but they're feeling something different. And if you don't observe as much as you can, you know, you're, you're not always being true to your character. And so I really, I, try, I do my best. You know, I'm hoping I'm succeeding at it. And so... And I do have two brothers, so I I do have that benefit, and of course my dad. And I just try to, you know, I just try to do write what I see as opposed to what I think. I don't try to put myself onto my characters. So I, I love it. her name. Her name is Pepper Chambers, and she she's my friend. This my is why friend. I do this show. She's my. This is why I do this show because I I only talk to people I like. Like you know, like if if you're on network TV, you got to talk to who they tell you to talk to. So I only talk to people I like. Thank you so much, yeah. Pepper, for calling in today. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank awesome. you. And again, awesome. let's shout out to Humor Mill. Thank you, Rodney. I'm so proud of you, and I'm glad to be your friend. Congratulations. I, I am- I am proud of you as well, and we got to connect the dots again real soon and do something. we got to get y'all back out here to Atlanta so we can do another production. We love it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. Hey, Pepper, hang Thanks, on the line. 
Hang on the line. Okay. Keep listening. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. That's my homegirl, Pepper Chambers, um, and she has her book. You can check that out. We'll be posting all these links so you guys can click on them and, and purchase the books because that's really what this show is about. Not only um, not only uh, do black people read, but what we read and why we read it. And, and this is the thing. You, we can talk about a myriad of, of subject matter as well, um, and that's, that's what's amazing about who we are. We can talk about all this subject matter. Man, hold on. I know my man ain't on the line. Is this Chattanooga's finest? Hey, what's up, man? Willie B., man, how you doing? Willie B., you're Peter on my show, Off the Chain, this season, a, a really a great set. Uh, Willie, do black people read? Yeah, I mean I do. Really? What, what's your when you when you sit down and read a, read something? What do you read? Um, I have right now I I have some comedy books that I'm actually reading. Okay. I'm trying to uh, learn up on it. And I was hey man, you, I was leaving. You gotta get you, you gotta just, get this um demilitant book, How to Be Funny, and uh, and black comedians a black uh, comedy career planning. So you you got to get that book, man. Yeah, I was just listening to that. I'm going to check that out in a minute. My man. Hey, Willie, hang on the line, man. We got to get our next author on. Hey, y'all, that's Willie B. Check him out. Matter of fact, Willie, what's your social media, man? What's your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff? Um, You can catch me on Twitter, Willie B. 24, Instagram, Willie B. 26, and on Facebook, it's just Willie B. I love it. 24, 26, and just will it be. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuned in to Roddy Perry Live. The show is about reading today. We are, we are indeed talking about reading. And you know what? I, when, I, when I decided to do this subject matter, I said, you know what? Black people don't read. I'm going to say it. Y'all don't, and you need to. You know, and I, I'm so proud. My my daughter, she's 11 years old, and she's just found a love of reading, and I'm I'm super proud. So we gotta we gotta encourage our children to read. That's how we break cycles. Hey y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. Do black people read? I say no. What you say? What's the biggest number you can think of? A trillion, billion, zillion. That's pretty big. How about you? Ten. Okay. How about you? Infinity. Can you top that? Infinity in one. Actually, we are looking for infinity plus infinity. Sorry. What about infinity times infinity? Oh. It's not complicated. Bigger is better. And AT&T has the nation's largest 4G network. Hey, go to RodneyPerry.com and get all your information, Rodney Perry. If you want to check out the archives for the show, it's easy. Go to my website, and you can pick up some great clips like this one here. Kevin Hart, he gave me some props, man. He'd be, he be, he be, he be hard on me, this boy, sometimes, but he gave me some props right here. Oh, well, thank you. I can't even lie. I'm, I'm happy for Jackass right now. I love the way Rodney. Why are you a hustler, Rodney? I hate to say it. You know, I love the trash you. I, I love the trash you and say bad things, but you son of a bitch, you continue to impress me by putting together your stuff, and, and it's actually getting more professional and better as you go on, dude. And I can see you with this host and stuff, man, the questions you're asking me. You you used to be dumb. He's really good. Wait a minute. Hey, uh, um, uh, speaking of Kevin Hart, I just booked two tour dates with him. I'll be going out with Kevin in the next couple of months. So you guys go to the website and, and uh, see what we got coming down the pipe. Uh, and also, um, what else is going on? Um, 
just just go to the website. We got a lot of a lot of stuff coming on. Um, do 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 do. Oh, up next, um, this young lady. I had the pleasure of meeting at the green room, which is uh, was Terry J. Vaughn's place, and I met this young lady, and she was just an awesome young lady. She she was writing then. She was writing when I met her. She was sitting in the green room writing a book when I met her, and I just became impressed with her, so impressed that I, I actually just appeared in her short film uh, called A Song for Jordan, and uh, she's on the show right now. Miss Maya Douglas, what's really going on? Hey, what's going on, Rodney? Man, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Maya, I, I got to be honest with you. I am a huge fan. You understand me? Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm Thank a huge you. fan. So let's take care of the business first. The website is mayakbooks.com. That's M-A-Y, M, I'm sorry, M-Y-A-M-Y-A-K-Books.com. Facebook, she's author Maya K. Uh, Twitter, uh, she's writer Maya. And IG, her Instagram is writer Maya as well. Um, the name of the book is a song for Jordan and Butterfly Faith. And uh, I had an opportunity not only to, 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 to have a chance to get the first look at the book, but I also got a chance to be in the, um, your, your uh, short film about, uh, based on the book. Am I right? That is correct, as well as a producer. Yes, that is correct. You know, I ain't trying to. This ain't about me, you know. But, yes, but thank mm-hmm. you for allowing me to help you, you know, bring um, this book to, to fruition, to, to, to get it out there. And so yes. let, let's, let's talk about this. First of all, the question of the day is, do black people read? Yes, I think what it is is it's just the content that we're reading. So, like, mm-hmm. when I was – we do read. I just think it's the content. So, for instance, there was a big uh, – there was, a like, that huge – rush of uh, urban fiction books, which we would call growing up in Philly hood books. Mm-hmm. And I think because there were so many uh, self-published authors writing books that geared towards, you know, those kind of street stories with the, mm-hmm. the girls, you know, kind of living a life, dating a drug dealer, it, it just is perceived that we don't read, particularly because of the things that we tend to gear towards when it comes to reading. Um, because those books, I mean, they're good. Um, I'm not a hater. They're good, but, you know, that's not like something that can expand your knowledge or, you know, your vocabulary, rather. So um, I really think it's just a matter of what we read, uh, not necessarily that we don't read. I mean, we fought to be able to read, and so I don't yeah. think it's just that black people don't read. I just think it's the, the things that we do read. So. Man, I, I, I'm looking at the book, um, and Butterfly Faith um, was your first book. That was the third. I, that's that's the third book. So, okay, give me give me your give me your catalog then. Let's start there. Let's it's okay. First. Yeah, Speechless, which was the one that you and Terry gave me reviews for. That was the first book. Um, and then A Song for Jordan was the second mm-hmm. book, and then Butterfly Faith was the the third book. Yeah. Oh, got it, got it. I, mm-hmm. I, I love I love the artwork on a, a, a Song for Jordan. Now you, you're you're all self published at this point. Am I right? I am. Let, let's talk about the business of what that is. Like, what is it to be self-published? Um, and I'm glad you asked me that. There's a few different ways you can do it. Um, some people go through and buy uh, a block of ISBN numbers, which is what you technically need to uh, have any kind of product. 
um, but especially a book. And some people go in and they register their own names, and that becomes, you know, like if I wanted to do a publishing company, IK Publishing, LLC. Um, I chose to, to go a route that worked with me, and that's the thing. You really have to kind of look at your budget. What happens is, you know, Amazon has made it possible for people to self-publish without having to have 10,000 books sitting in their living room, which back in the day that was the only way you could self-publish. You basically had a bunch of books in your living room, and you were trying your best to push them. So I am published. Uh, I am a self-publisher, but I'm published through uh, Amazon's print division, CreateSpace, which um, is a different vehicle, but I literally have published all of my books for less than $100. So it makes it work for me um, wow. because it's print on demand, which means only they only print it when someone buys it. Oh, whenever nice. I have a book signing, yeah, whenever I have a book signing, I just order, you know, however many I need, and then I can, you know, go ahead and ship them to the store and handle it that way. So I like that option. Um, so they've made self-publishing a little bit more uh, feasible for people who are on a tight budget because it costs a lot. It costs a lot when you do it on your own. So. Wow, man, I, I think I think it's awesome that you're you're getting it now. As a as a storyteller, uh, as an author, what what have you learned as you have matured as an author? Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned, especially because I write in different mediums, like I write screenplays and television, I'm learning literally to um, listen to my characters. And, you know, Stephen King has said this in his own book, and I think it's just so important to not force, um, you know, your characters. I think once you create that outline and you create – and that's what makes a great story. I, I don't care what the plot is. I don't care, you know, what's going on in the story arc. If you don't have great characters that people want to root for or, you know, that people want to hate, I mean, you have a really good villain – then it really doesn't matter. So I've just kind of learned as I continue to write and every time I start a new project to kind of get to know the character uh, deeply and then let her or him do their thing. And it tends to work. I mean, it just kind of works. Everybody works around them. The other characters in the story work around them. And um, it, for me, it's, it's a journey because I actually used to just want to kind of force my characters to do whatever I wanted them to do. So I think... Um, <laughs> <laughs> great storytelling kind of comes from just kind of letting your character, as long as you know the character inside and out, I will write a whole, I call it the um, character Bible, and I write, like, everything, their favorite color, their favorite food. You may not ever see that in the story, but because I know this about them and I know the character inside and out, the day they were born, if they have a birthmark, right. then I'm able to just kind of flow through the story. I don't even have to outline the story because I know the character so. Really, that I think that's a great process. I, I actually had a chance to exercise a similar process. I worked on a a, a film with you know director Kenny Young, and mm -hmm. what Kenny did for us, I was playing a character where I was married to this young lady. So he sat us down and we went through couples counseling. Right, as right. Our, as, as our characters, so it forced us to learn about our characters. Uh, one from each other as we improvised who we were, but it gave us so much texture and backstory. And and like you said, now when we're inside the lines, we know it, give, it gives you some context to what the lines are, are saying. Right. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Yes. Hey, um, a song for Jordan. Let's, let's talk about this one. Uh, uh, again, the short film is coming. It's being edited right now. Rodney Perry, executive producer on it. Uh, Maya K. Douglas, uh, author, uh, director, too. You were directed. You, you do it I all. was. I was. <laughs> uh, tell, me about, tell me about the story and, and how it came about. Um, I grew up in a single-parent home, and I always knew that one day I'd write a children's book, but I never really knew um, that I had such a deep love for the young adult genre. I always thought it would be like picture books. Um, So a song for Jordan, it it talks about uh, Jordan Crystal Myers, who's a teenage girl. She's 15, and she's biracial, um, and all she knows is her white side of the family, which is her mother. Um, and she's basically on a journey trying to find her father, and she lands a music, and she's a musician. She lands a music internship in Atlanta, and, uh, you know, it kind of all starts to come together, um, and she uses her gift of music basically to find her father. Um, I think for me, I just kind of wanted to touch on the, the brothers out there who are trying to be there for their daughters, who, you know, sometimes, or their sons, whatever, sometimes it's not their fault, Um and I think that that's kind of important. Sometimes the child doesn't know that. So I kind of wanted to write a story that didn't necessarily make it seem like it was male bashing or like he's a deadbeat dad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this was a guy who really didn't have a choice where you have white racist uh, parents involved. And, you know, you're young and you're in love with a woman of, a, of you know, a different race. And so I kind of just wanted to kind of touch on the story where the girl, you know, at the end of the day, he, you know, I say he still should have fought harder. But, you know, I just kind of wanted to, touch on that and I actually say it in my uh, on my press kit I actually point out that this story will make mothers who keep their children away from their fathers feel really bad and mm. I mean I hope that they because a girl needs her daddy and so that's kind of why I want them to get yeah yeah I, I speak to that all the time in terms of this you know because a lot of times um, a woman you know, she feels like, how come I can't raise a child? And I, I, I don't dispute that a single parent is more than capable of raising a child, but children need balance. Like, my, mm-hmm. my children have way more balance than I did because I was a product of a single-parent home. And it's not, that, it's not that mom can't do it or a single dad can't do it. It's that children need to see how mama does things and they need to see how daddy does things. And then, as a child, you you make a choice on any given situation. I'm gonna do it like Mama would do it. I'm gonna do it like Daddy would do it, or some combination of the two. But if you don't have that other parent, you never get that other side of that balance, and your scales are usually a little off kilter. So, hey, Maya, man, um, you're an amazing writer. How can people get your work? Um, my website, so Maya K Books. That's M Y A, the letter K, Books. That's with an S. dot com. Um, it'll take you directly to Amazon. Uh, I tend to steer people towards my website because <laughs> right. you start browsing around other places on um, Amazon. But, yeah, if you go to my website, all of the links are right under each book, and it'll take you directly to uh, where you can purchase the book set. I love it. Uh, the, the website is Maya K books.com you can check her out there and uh, we will be uh, reposting this link I, want, I'm, I think I'm going to do a recap to this show and make sure you know a blast where everybody can kind of click and, and buy all of the great books we talked about today Maya K. Douglas thank you for coming on no problem thank you Rodney I love hey y'all this is Rodney Perry you're tuning in to Rodney Perry live 
that young lady is Maya K. Douglas, fabulous author, and um, man, a lot of great stuff has been going on. I, I went on the show with my friends last week, uh, Nikki Nicole. Matter of fact, Matt, see if you can call Nikki too. See if you can call Nikki. Um, I went on the show with my friends, Nikki Nicole, uh, my good friend, Mr. Tyler Chronicles, and I sat in, I just sat in with these guys last week, and we did an interview that has went viral. You understand me? It's all over the country. Tyler, what's up, dog? Mr. Perry, how you doing, sir? Man, first of all, thank you for popping in today, man. This interview, the name of the show is Shut the Funny Up. Um, yeah. They're on B100 Radio. Uh, uh, what, what days of the week are you guys on? Monday through Wednesday, 5 to 8 p.m. Monday through Wednesday, 5 to 8 p.m., Tyler Chronicles, Nikki Nicole, uh, uh, Joe Byers. I mean, you guys put on a fabulous show. Nikki Nicole through her, you know, Phantom Connects in ACL. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she scored the interview that Oprah was trying to get with Apollo Nida, and we got a chance to sit down and chop it up with him. And uh, the only thing that's disturbing to me, and I hopefully, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, you know, is it, this thing. The way that they shot it that day makes it look like I'm the only one doing the interview. And really, that's not what it is. But, right. but man, for the people that have watched it, I think we did a great job in covering this young man, Apollo Nida, man. What, what's your take on it, Tyler? Like, what do you think in terms of uh, of him? What, what was your – what did you walk away um, knowing about Apollo that you didn't know before you uh, did this interview? Okay, well, i got to say um, I'm, I had a pretty fresh slate on the guy because I don't know if you remember. I actually thought he was on Love and Hip Hop. I didn't even know <laughs> what show he was on because <laughs> right, I don't watch that shit. But um, – you know, you obviously hear <laughs> you obviously hear stuff about people um, before they get there. Um, what I ended up catching from him is life. It seemed like life finally whooped his ass. He was a hundred and a hundred and ten percent honest about everything that he did and how he actually feels about it and how it has affected him. And there's a lot of people that get in trouble. You know, it's three strikers in jail right now. Still so won't be honest with themselves, but. I really feel like now, I mean, he's obviously a liar and a cheat dude, but now I feel like they they got to him. They got to him. Right, it's, it's, right, it's right. Officially, he, he's figured out, you know what I'm saying? And, every, and everybody needs that, and you know what I mean? And uh, too bad for him it had to be to this extreme. But what I got from him now is, you know what I'm saying, it seems like now he's been made into a genuine dude and he can see, he can see uh, everybody for what they are around him and, and after hearing that he'd been in jail six years four months later he's back on camera I mean he's on camera on national TV that was a shock to me right there you can't do people like that yeah man yeah you it's, can't do um, people like that you put my uncle on TV six six, six months out of jail oh he's going back come on, that day, Thursday that's a TV. recipe for disaster you know what come I mean? on <laughs> man the, the show is the show is uh, shut the funny up. B one hundred radio, man. Um, y'all y'all completely keep it one hundred over there, man. What's it like being on the air on B one hundred, dude? Um, it's it's awesome because there's really no restrictions. Uh, we try not to say the n word for sponsorship. Um, everybody knows that, but it, it's really no restrictions. Um, we can talk about what we want to talk about. Uh, I love working with Nikki and Joe 
Um, they're really, really great people and always fun. You know what I'm saying? There's never any, uh, you know, you can get into situations in this industry. You work with other people and you could be worried about animosity when you're coming into a situation or anything could happen. But this one, this group, you don't never have to worry about that. And that's awesome. And then on top of that, <clears throat> we get to break uh, independent artists and yeah. uh, pretty, you know, being an up and coming comedian myself, I'm pretty much an independent artist myself. So I'm doing the same thing that these guys are doing. You know, they're hitting open mics and rapping and putting out their their CDs to people, and I'm hitting open mics, doing jokes and putting out my DVDs to people. So it's the same. So I feel kind of good, like I'm able to to help people do what I'm trying to do on a on, a, on another in another genre. You know, I, I don't know if y'all noticed or not. Uh, Nikki Nicole, welcome to the show, Nikki hey. Nicole. Dillard is just an awesome human being. Um, <laughs> she called me. She said, Rodney, you want to come in Tuesday or Wednesday? I said, Wednesday. And she said, okay, I got Apollo coming in. I'm like, Apollo? You know, and I'm thinking a dude from the Rocky movie. <laughs> yeah, Apollo Creed. So, yeah, I think Apollo Creed coming in. No, but, you know, we had a great interview, and it was courtesy of yeah. Nikki Nicole. And, 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 and people love you. That's why Apollo came. He was like, yo, Nikki, you my friend, you my folks, I'm coming down. This guy was super transparent. Um, yes. Why do you think he was so transparent, Nikki? I think that's just his personality. I think he hasn't got hip to the whole industry where industry gig where you're quiet and you don't say much. So I think we caught him at a really good time. Um, when I've interviewed with him on previous shows, he was always open, so I knew that he was going to actually give us a great interview. No holds yeah. barred. Yeah, he, he really didn't hold hold back. But what, what I applaud us, and, and, and I don't know if y'all know, Wendy Williams referenced the show this morning. What did she say? I missed she, it. She, Somebody she just talked. Yeah, she just, I, I didn't see it either, but, you know, I got people blew up my, my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram, and they were like, you know, Wendy is talking about, she she referenced the interview and what he said, you know, and so, uh, but but I think it's a testament to us because he was honest, but we didn't have to bash him to make him honest. Exactly, right. exactly. That's what made it such a great interview. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, man. So, so I mean, uh, thank you guys for letting me sit in, for letting me uh, uh, come in from time to time. And man, this thing has really went viral. Has this has this affected you guys? You know, has <laughs> it affected your social media yet? Um, not social media, media, but it has affected some things. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, really? What happened? Nick? I was oh nothing. I just wasn't ready. I just was thinking, okay, hey Apollo, come on the show. You know, I just didn't think that it would be as huge as it was, this interview. Dude, yeah. I don't think any of us knew. I mean, it, you know, when right. you start talking about the money and, you know, the, right. the, the, the one, all of us, like, we just, <laughs> you know, we <laughs> right, the, Yo, he cloned a website? What? Right. <laughs> Did he now, come now, on and talk about, oh, yeah, this is exclusive. I just want to let you know. <laughs> right? yeah. Okay. I would have worn an exclusive dress. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Hey, but let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Nick, Nikki and, and, and yeah. Tyler. Okay, so you got this thing. It, it's went crazy viral, and um, like you said, who, who knew? And, and and I think it's a testament to the fact you just never know what that one thing is going to be. So you kind of have to always be ready. But exactly. so so we, we do this show. It's going crazy all over the internet. You know? Can you imagine like? 
this this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you guys are gonna have a lot of new ears listening. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> new trip. Ready, I'm ready. <laughs> Shut, Shut the Funny Ronnie. Up is, is a really good show, man. I, I always enjoy sitting in with you guys. And, and you know, now all the other B1 the shows are trying to get me to come sit in with them, too. So. No, hell no. No, no. No, no. You're going to be oh, a dog. Says no. I'm telling you, no. Tyler says it's okay, man. <laughs> you belong to us. Uh, hilarious. I love it. Hey man, hey guys, thank y'all for calling in. Um uh this thing is is gotten bigger than any of us any of us expected. So right. this is the thing. Do you feel pressure to get like uh 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 somebody else on now like uh what's her name? Um what's the what's the crazy lady on from Housewives? Uh Kenya. Kenya. Yeah, you feel any pressure to get Kenya on now? <laughs> no, not too much pressure. Um, it just—it really depends on the guest. Sometimes you—you you have a guest that's not so big that could just bring it. So I'm—I'm right. I'm more into a good, good show, and just think, I'm thankful that Apollo brought it. But um, sometimes you can get some big art, big guests, and they don't even they bring fight. it. They're—they're yeah. they're boring. Yeah. So. But that that's why you guys are there, man. Tyler, you, you always keep the funny going, man. Nikki Nicole. Y'all are so off the chain, okay? First of all. <laughs> just just being in the studio. This, this is what people don't know. Before Apollo came on, we was just telling a story about the gorilla. We is a strong word. You were telling Wait, a story okay, okay. about the gorilla. I did. I did. That was the, I did tell the story. Rodney, I, I want to tell you thank you because, I mean, every time you come, you're just so awesome. You're, you're yeah, just such an awesome you. co-host. A fill-in co-host. You're awesome. Word. So, Word. Awesome. Well, I mean, I wouldn't do it for everybody, but I would do it for y'all because I love both of y'all, man. So, again, man, thank y'all, thank y'all for popping in to Rodney Perry Live. And, uh, thank man. You. Hey, Rod, y'all, y'all, Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I actually called in uh, about the topic because uh, I know it was about books. I know you just had a couple authors on. Absolutely. I know you probably have to go to it. I know you have to go to another caller, but uh, I had a book that I was reading. And I just, uh, I guess, I wanted to kind of share it. I guess with your viewers. Okay. Okay. Let's let's, let's do this. Let's do this. First of all, do black people read? Uh, Tyler, what's your take? <laughs> um, if you're going with the majority of, I'm gonna say no to books, but black people read a whole lot. Black okay. people read a shit ton. Like in terms of uh, maybe gossip sites. That's a Blogs. bunch of reading. Blogs, emailing, um, text messaging. But in terms of books, um, I'm going to go with the majority no, but I hope I'm wrong. Let's go with that. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so what what are you reading, bro? What are you reading? Uh, it's, a, it's a book. Um, it's an old book, but I believe it's still on Amazon. Amazon is called uh, Focus of Our Fears. And it basically uh, and it basically just breaks down um, – your fears and your consciousness and, and where they're coming from and, and what you can what you can do to them. And in terms of like the what I'm reading it for is it's more about like the industry and, and different fears I have about it and probably right. why they're around. And I think it's I think it's pretty good because a lot of people just know they're scared of some things, but they just know that and they never take, take they just say don't be scared or don't be afraid. They never take the time to figure out why 
you're afraid. Right. Of wow. Sometimes, wow. Yeah. Sometimes when you figure out why you're afraid of something, well, first of all, admitting that you're afraid of something and then figuring out why it can help, and, and that's what this book gets into. I mean, it gets into spirituality, which is cool. But when I'm when I'm doing like you know reading and trying to like research and get something intellectual, I try to leave spirituality uh, to itself because that could kind of blur people's views on different things. But the, the the meat of the book is is pretty good. So the focus of our fears is the book. I think it's on Amazon shit. I think it, it's so old it might like be a dollar or two, but it's real good. Hey, I I said it on the show that day, and I'll say it again. Tyler might be the smartest person I know, and, and, and I, don't, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that you're a fucking genius. I don't like it. Nikki Nicole. Nikki Nicole. Yes. Do white people read? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for okay, your sending line. I want to talk about lady. my favorite book. Hold on. Wait a minute. Okay, what's read. your favorite book? What's your favorite okay. book? Okay. My favorite book is The Alchemist. Oh, nice. That book is, yes, very awesome book, and it pretty much helps you to stay focused. It talks about distractions and all that good stuff and how to stay focused on your goal. Yeah, so that you know book what? Is awesome. Somebody just turned me on to The Alchemist. So let, let's, let's do this. Yeah, good book. Let's do this today. Um, if, if you are a reader, um, I want you to go to somebody that you you don't whether you know whether they read or not, and suggest a book to them. That's what we are going to do because it's easy to say what the problem is, but we we very seldom you know come up with any solution. So the solution, right as I see it, is let's let's find a book and suggest a book to uh, to somebody, and 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 this works for everybody. Like you know what got me into reading and. And I used to dread reading because I didn't like reading out loud when I was in school, Mm -hmm. which I think teachers are the first gateway to make people love reading. And my teacher would put you on the spot, and, you know, it just was was an uncomfortable situation. But uh, I I started – my first book I read was uh, The Color Purple, and I thought that was an awesome book. And and then then I I got into – um, old girl uh, that burnt up the, uh, the what's what's the, the author that that did the movie? They did the movies with her um, that married the gay dude. Uh, oh, Terry, oh, Terry, McMillan. Terry, yeah. Terry, Terry McMillan. I got into Terry McMillan stuff. I read a lot of her books, and then then I found Donald Goins on a humbug, mm. you know. Okay. And, and start reading all these pimp, you know. And I was uh, a pimp uh-huh. for like mm-hmm. five years. I was a pimp. There you go. Tyler, there you iceberg. Go. I was iceberg slim, baby. For like five years. So there, there is something out there for everybody, and and I know we're a microwave society, and we like to we like to get get our information. We like to get our our books. It's Tyler smoking weed. Yeah, we like to get, yeah. <laughs> we like get our information in our books really quick. So. You know, give yourself some time and, and and allow your mind to work for you. Because when you read a book, you know you get to paint those pictures yourself. So, thank you guys for coming in today. Uh, that's going to be our show. I got some other stuff to do, you know. And uh, <laughs> this show is over. Tyler Chronicles. What's your social media, big dog? There it is, right there. Tyler Chronicles, man, right there on uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Sugar Daddy Number One on Black Planet. I like. <laughs> Brilliant. Nikki Nicole, where can people it's, find you? You can find me at the real T H E real underscore Nikki N I K K I N I C O L E zero eight. Is there a longer 
way to do that. Can we add a question mark and an exclamation point in that? And some lips at the end. Some lips and a, and a smiley face. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me, Ronnie. Okay, man. Hey, guys, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your favorite books, and thank you for doing this great interview, man. Um, one, one thing that concerned me more than anything, you know, as, as I kind of recap or go through this interview in my head, is that there's another black man that's going to be away from his family for upwards of, mm-hmm. you know, eight years and that's what I think we, that, that we need to highlight and as opposed to highlighting what he said about his wife or what he I mean this dude is and and I think right. if nothing else is affecting him that's affecting him so um yeah so let's send our yeah. prayers out to Mr. Apollo Nida his family and uh, uh even though you ain't went yet get back get back soon for hey sure. y'all that's our show for today thank you Tyler Chronicles thank you Mr. Perry and my girl, Nikki Nicole, thank you, sis, for calling in. Oh, man, that, I felt that. That was a little wet. Hey, y'all, <laughs> this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. That is our show today. You guys have been incredible, incredible, incredible. And know this, um, black people do read. Uh, white people read. We all read, and we must continue to read because there's stuff in books that isn't on television. There's stuff in that newspaper, the news that you're not getting in the 24-hour news cycle. There's stuff in in um, on the blog that you may or may not know because you haven't taken the time to just sit down and read it. Um, uh, my daughters are, are developing a love for reading, and I know that's not my fault, but I love it. So, hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. That's our show for today. Y'all be good. And uh, let God go first. <laughs>